Hello everybody and welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast. Uh, we've been away for a while, but don't worry, Morgan is not to blame for this. You can just blame me like I blame myself for everything that goes wrong in my life. But today, <laughs> now, we've, now. Got really, today we've got a really fun adventure for you. Um, but I want to first uh, check in with my Sheriff of Manchester. How are you doing, Morgan? Hey, I'm okay. It has been a while. Um, even Even this... Even this episode, which was actually originally supposed to go out a week late, is now also a day later than that. So we, we do profusely apologise about this and hope uh, hope at least it's, it's back to some sort of normality soon. Some things you just can't help happening sometimes and there's yes. nothing we can do about uh, that. But we're back and we're talking about a... Uh, a hell of an entertaining film. Indeed. Um, I have to apologise, but I should divulge the reason that we're a day late. It's because Thanos snapped his fingers and my microphone yes. disappeared into existence. Yeah. So uh, I had to find a way to get that back. Although Doctor Doctor Strange now owes me a coffee, which is weird. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't, wasn't the best time for, for anyone, really. Uh, the I've heard it referred to as the snappening. Can we talk about yes. that for a minute, please? Because that the is absolutely snapping. genius. And Ugh. any put put like punning on the end of anything, and it it just seems to work. Um, um, I like it. But that the queenening is... for that Bohemian Rhapsody trailer. Okay, uh, it doesn't work doesn't, there. It doesn't, doesn't work, work there. It only works uh, with. Uh, words with a P at the end. Like snap. Or hap. Or if you're in London, the brap. That was... Oh, oh God. Right, anyway, that was a nice start. Um, Nolan, what the hell are we actually talking about? Well, uh, as we know, I hate it when um, stories get misrepresented in movies and... That trailer for Robin Hood with Taron Egerton came out uh, two weeks ago. I hated it. I'm sure Taron Egerton's going to be fine, but I wanted to revisit the true Robin Hood adaptation. Uh, the one with the fox? No! Not no. the one with the bloody fox. The one with the fox and the lion and the wolf and the snake. I don't know what you're talking about. That doesn't. And exist. the other fox and the chicken and the bear and the mole... And do, do you hear how ridiculous you sound? The... Oh, what else is there? There's many, many animals in Disney's Robin Hood. You sound like Not George film, Orwell though. talking about your animals. I sound like George Orwell. That might be the biggest compliment you've paid to me in, in the history of this friendship. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Christ, we've already gotten silly now. And we have. You know what? I'm just going to get the Shrek references out of the way. Errol Friends Robin Hood wears green and layers. Shrek is green and has layers. There you go. There's your fan service. Okay, so yes, we are talking about The Adventures of Robin Hood 1938 with Errol Flynn as, as Robin Hood. I was going to bring up the Shrek reference purely for the fact that Robin Hood is in Shrek. Okay, some, go ahead with that. But for some reason, is French. Yeah, and that that was always weird to me. Robin Hood is uh, an English character. Robin Hood in Shrek is French and a complete womanizer. 
uh, well, he is a womanizer in all those versions of the story, but, but he's not French. Why is Robin Hood a villain in Shrek? Because he essentially oh. is. He's certainly not a heroic character. It's weird. Maybe it's just another one of Shrek's subversions of, Shrek of that. classic legends. Maybe it's just that. I think it is that. I'd like to think it is that. Anyway, Errol Flynn, you picked it. Why did you pick it? Well, I, I, I sort of grew up loving adventure stories. Like, um, you know, everyone talks about uh, wanting to go to the movies to escape and... When you watch something like uh, an Errol Flynn adventure movie and a nice little swashbuckler, you know, um, it's pure just stick it on, pour yourself a cup of tea and just lose yourself for an hour and 40 minutes. And Errol Flynn's just so charming and so cool in his role of Robin Hood that, uh, you know, I can always find myself re-watching this from time to time. I I know it pretty well and... uh, yeah, it's just, you know how that sort of, um, you see those characters when you grow up that you wish you could be like? Yeah. Errol Flynn as Robin Hood is one of those characters for me. That's that's cool. I mean, I agree with you when you say that this version of Robin Hood is very cool and very charismatic. Um, and like I said in the last episode, this was my first time seeing the adventures of Robin Hood uh, Errol Flynn pulls off the very tight green outfit uh, surprisingly well. He does doesn't look like on. a grown-up Peter Pan, though. Yes, he does, but uh, it doesn't doesn't actually come off as campy at all. Which is um, surprising for an adventure movie from the 30s. I mean, I, I never mind camp in films anyway. It just sort of, it adds to the pleasure of it for me. Is that why uh, you like Friday the 13th? Is Friday the 13th campy? I don't think no, Friday... but it's got Camp Crystal Lake in it. Yes, but that's not what I was talking about, is it? I was talking about campy as campy, not campy as in camping. <laughs> I was going to be talking about random tent films all day. And that's just no fun for anyone. <laughs> uh... The silliness is getting way too early now, and that just shows you what kind Look. of movie this is. Whether it shows you what kind of movie this is, or it just shows you that we like being silly whilst also talking about wonderful old films, I think I think I think that's that's a better description of of why we get silly. Um, Errol Flynn, though, is seriously. It made me want to go and watch more Errol Flynn films, where he's like like the pirate films that he was in, the True Swashbucklers, because I say this as well. The sword fights. The, the, he's a good swordsman, Errol Flynn. He could kill you if he wanted to with a sword. You, you got to think like they. It was all practical mm-hmm. back then. Like that was actually two actors fighting with swords, having to do it somewhat safely and also make it look convincing enough. And he 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 just pulls it off so well. There's he does. He's honestly, very. He's very He's the quick. Quintessential adventure star. I, I yeah, that's fair. That's a fair statement. Um, I dare say he probably went on to inspire characters like Indiana Jones and certainly, like Han Solo, certainly, certainly. And those kind of characters. Probably Jack Sparrow as well. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, when you look at older 
adventure films like this, it's easy to see why uh, so many adventure films throughout the history of film have been viewed, you know, as very being very similar to those that have come before, whether it's in story or just sort of performance, like there's always a little bit of a romantic interest, there's a bit of fights, and there's a... the the lead is always charismatic and, you know, going so far back to early adventure films like this one, um, Errol Flynn did it first. And that's why we love going back to films like this to see where, you know, the ca- the charisma that people like Indiana Jones or Jack Sparrow pulled off, they've watched people like Errol Flynn to get that characterization. And I always love doing that. That's why I do this show. I I reckon you could pull off a pretty decent Errol Flynn Robin Hood cosplay. I um, I'd have to trim my facial hair significantly. Um, you could just do like bearded Robin Hood. There's a lot of nice facial hair in the Adventures of Robin Hood. Oh actually. yes, there there's a is. lot of nice facial hair. Let's get this. I I want to get this away. Uh, with early actually I'm inducting two new people into the Mustache Hall of Fame uh, Errol Flynn and Basil Rathbone uh, mm-hmm. no one else Claude Rains' uh, weird beard just didn't look right it looked false um, Claude Rains plays Prince John in this film Basil Rathbone plays a guy of Gisborne who is not in the Disney version um, I, I knew I recognised that actor. Yeah, it's Basil Rathbone. I, I didn't realise it was Basil Rathbone it's Basil, until now. It's Basil Rathbone with facial hair. See, I know Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes. Like, oh man, that just makes this movie cooler. Yeah, obviously. Um, I assume that my uh, my Freddie Mercury stash is not making it into the Mustache Hall of Fame. <laughs> Look... You 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 try and pull off the moustache of Freddie Mercury all you want. I really really wish this was a video podcast, so you, so you could all see Nolan's attempt at a Freddie Mercury moustache. You are not going in the Moustache Hall of Fame. The Moustache Hall of Fame is exclusively for p- people with facial hair in films before 1970 that I particularly enjoy. You you are neither of those things. So, uh, I'm, like I said, a lot of facial hair in The Adventures of Robin Hood, but Errol Flynn's perfectly thin groomed moustache and beard and uh, Basil Rathbone's little curly thing uh, go into the Moustache Hall of Fame alongside everyone else who's currently in there who I kind of forget who's in there now. I really should make an official list of that. But they are... <laughs> going in anyway what is the thing you love most about the adventures of robin hood i like how errol flynn as robin hood can be charismatic cool and a really great sword fighter without being a dick about it because you see that so many times with adventure heroes that everyone kind of likes when they're all cocky and like arrogant and everything and i I satirize that in my own book moonflower which Mm -hmm. you might be able to purchase soon by the way 
Uh, but that, that was shameless. That was <laughs> absolutely shameless. Oh, everybody's just groaned. <laughs> but I, I like that Errol Flynn can do it without coming off as a prat. Like, if you get yeah. what I mean. A prat. A prat. <laughs> we got to use the British. What a fantastic insults. word, a prat. You'd be calling him a plonker next and things like that. I don't know. Oh, well, there's someone else in this I can call a plonker, but we'll get to him soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, but, I, do you know what? I did want to bring this up, and we this is a weird episode already, but I did want to bring this up. I love the fact that it has little sort of title cards with text on. Every oh, so yeah, often, that's just classic adventure storytelling. It's just like, right, Robin Hood, and uh, duh, 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 this happens, and then you see it for about 20 minutes, and then it come, oh, comes another one. Three days have passed, and more. but it's all in that lovely sort of medieval font, because it's... Obviously, Robin Hood is a English medieval legendary figure. Didn't actually exist for any of those people that actually thought he existed. It's like King Arthur. King Arthur never existed. He's just basically a a British or an English, more specifically, an English legend. Um, yeah, but I love those tech, those little text cards. It made me really feel like it was a. Um, Proper, just fun watch. A really and, old feeling adventure story. And I, f- I feel like that's also kind of tributing to the silent era because uh, there was a lot of yeah. silent Robin Hood films before this came out. So I think that's kind of like honoring that kind of uh, style of film. So we've got a movie from the 30s here giving praise in its own execution to films that came before. And that's the kind of movie I love talking about on this show. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you're only 11 years after the invention of the talking picture. So, you know, stylistically, you can understand why these sort of title cards would have been in there as just sort of, oh, we, yeah, we remember seeing that Robin Hood uh, picture 15 years ago. Oh, this is always, oh, yeah, that's nice. It's doing the same sort of thing. But we can hear Robin Hood speak now rather than just um, say a couple of great quotes. Actually, just one great quote that I did want to bring up is I think um, early on in the film, Marion, who is played by Olivia de Havilland, by the way, who is still alive at nearly 102 years old, and applause, applause, applause for Olivia de Havilland because she's great um she asks robin early on um like you you speak treason and he says fluently he just owns it that is a great quote that is a great quote um norman and saxon norman versus saxon things as well um which... That was interesting for me for this adaptation specifically because I, I I've never really known that to be part of the Robin Hood story. Well, you know it it makes sense considering the characters involved. I've just never sort of thought about it as a a rich Norman and poor Saxon type deal. I've just thought it as you know rich royalty and poor commoners. Um, poor. You know, you Prince John, who is sat there, 
in oh, who is the worst. Prince John, of course, brother of King Richard the First, Richard the Lionheart, who is off, who has been off fighting in the Crusades, and has been kidnapped, I think, and held to ransom. Um, Prince John is his brother who likes taxis um, and generally being a bit of a fool. Um, the lion in Disney's Robin Hood. Um, mm -hmm. Although not as... Not as... <sighs> See, I'm going to use the word cartoonish. And I don't mean the fact that he's drawn... I mean the fact that he's over the top in the Disney version, and in in of this version, but in this version he's sort of subtle about his despicableness. He's not crying for his mother, like Lion Prince John is. Um, oh God for that! But he is played. He is played by Claude Rains, who we know from The Invisible Man, even though we don't see him. <laughs> Funny, uh. and we also know from Casablanca. Claude Rains and uh, director of Casablanca, Michael Curtis, who also directs The Adventures of Robin Hood. Claude Rains and Michael Curtis, little little partnership, little director-actor partnership there. I've realised I've been talking for the last four hours and <laughs> for some reason haven't, don't let anybody else speak. I wish you were here in this room just so you could hit me and tell me to not speak. Please well, go I'm and speak. A, I'm I'm not a violent person, so I wouldn't do that anyway. But uh, now the thing with Claude Rains, him as Prince John, is that he can be despicable and cartoonish without becoming a cartoon. Like his style of villainy, I, I don't know. It reminds me a lot of Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. Like that sort of I like that, that villain. That villain that you just love to hate. And I wouldn't be surprised if Joaquin Phoenix bases a lot of his acting off of Claude Rains and like those kind of villain character actors. And the th other thing that I love in this, um, we, I mean, if you know the story of Robin Hood, you know that when he's being an outlaw, that they there's a moment in the movie where they do an archery contest mm -hmm. and he enters it because he wants to see Maid Marian, but he also wants to show off a little bit. Yeah. So you can tell, that's a thing I love about the Robin Hood character, is that he sort of, he, do, he does this thing because he feels like he owes it to the people, but he really enjoys the idea of being a legendary outlaw as well, and I just, I find that so fun. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. It is, it is very, it is very fun to watch as well. It's probably why the Robin Hood legend has stuck around for as long as it has, not just in a sort of political sense, steal from the rich, give to the poor, but also with the fact that it it is just sort of a feel-good story for everybody, uh, whether it's, you know, told in spoken word or as a cartoon or as a, a fully-fledged live-action film. Like I don't this. want to see a full-on modern version of Robin Hood where he has like a Vine account and he's just bragging about stealing from the rich Twitter celebrities. <laughs> oh, oh, someone is definitely writing that somewhere. Someone is absolutely writing a modern... Mind you, you always hear the term, he's a modern-day Robin Hood. No, I don't, I don't like that term. 
when I'd people be curious to see what Hood. an actual modern version of the Robin Hood story would be like. I'm but, not I mean, sure. It, prob- it probably wouldn't be as good, but I'd be interested to see where they take it. If they can pull it off with Macbeth, then I reckon they could do something interesting with it. They can't. I'm. I'm sorry. They can't pull it off with Macbeth. Did you not see that thing the BBC did with McAvoy as Macbeth? They did I it really well. Don't like modern retellings of Shakespeare or legends. I think they should be in the time that they were made. And I also don't like versions of legends where they turn all the characters into animals but for some reason. The legend is then accessible for the younger people. Younger people can watch this one. It's not like violent or anything. Well, it is, it's got violence, no, but it's no, not like but, gratuitous. No, that's true. Disney. That's all it is. The name means everything. Um, and I, I know you're itching to compare this to the animated Robin Hood, so I'll let you go ahead and talk about why no, you no, love no, that. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go ahead and talk about that because we're not talking about this. Uh, we're talking, we're talking about the Adventures of Robin Hood from 1938. Um, I did find out that it won three Oscars, deservedly uh, so. Score, because it's got a, it has got a great score, and you don't even notice the score until you actually think about what you're listening to and realise that your heart is just going bang, 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 and it's the score that's just really grandiose and big epic and, and epic fun. and fast paced and. It's quite, it's quite a fast-paced film, actually. Like, yeah, someta- and it's sometimes... not pretentious about it, either. It's just It knows what it is. It's a swashbuckling adventure with a charismatic hero. Absolutely. I mean, in some sort of older adventure films that I've watched, they can be quite sort of slow, because it, they tend to be a, a bit more on the... what you'd consider as uh, the genre of epic... So it's always like four and a half hours long and it really gets into Charlton Heston or Yule Brynner or someone. Um. (laughs) That's partly why I don't like the recent versions of Robin Hood that have come out because they try to turn it into some kind of epic and if if you turn Robin Hood into this big epic character, I think you lose a lot of the appeal of what makes him likeable and, like, interesting. Is it... He's not like an epic legend or a superhero or a masked guy who is like a secret vigilante or whatever. He's just like yeah. a small town hero yeah. from Nottingham, and that's literally all you need. It sh- if we're gonna if we're gonna do the inevitable superhero comparisons, he should be more like Spider Man, less like Captain America. Okay, yeah, definitely. He is. He's a hero of the people, not of. He's not inter- He's not interested the in. World. Well, well, he wouldn't be able to save the world anyway, so that's sort of like a, a null statement. But he does have some fun making fun of Prince John, which we he all like Prince to John is a very actor. easy person to make fun of, to be quite frank, because he's snivelly oh, and oh. slithery, and he is a snake. And Claude Rains nails it. Claude Rains does nail it. You can't say fairer than that. He, Although I, I love the sort of... I love the little trio... Of of Prince John, Guy of Gisborne, and the Sheriff of Nottingham. The Sheriff of Nottingham, by the way, is absolutely useless. 
in this film. He's not really in this a lot, and uh, like a lot of people associate the Sheriff of Nottingham with being Robin Hood's arch enemy. Well, yeah, but that's because people have only seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, and they just think of Alan Rickman. They just think of Alan Rickman. Or they've seen the Disney version where the sheriff, you know, it's it's the sheriff and it's Prince John. Well, he's you pretty know. useless there as well. He is, but he's at least a bit of a major character because they completely get rid of, of Guy of Gisborne, who is basically, um, he's the sort of most prevalent villain in this. He's like, an, he's like an evil counterpart to Robin Hood, I've always thought. Yeah. And that that is Basil Rathbone, who, um, as we learn, is Sherlock Holmes, and he's he's great in this too. I mean, you you do like to say that Basil Rathbone is the one true Sherlock Holmes, and there will never be any more else. But yep. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a Cushing guy. Everybody everybody knows I'm a Peter Cushing guy when it comes to literally anything Peter Cushing's in. As long as you don't say Robert Downey Jr., then you're fine. People like those movies. I don't. That is not Sherlock Holmes. People like those movies. People, people, you know, you go Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes, you go Cumberbatch, Sherlock Holmes. Although that is another weird one, because it's modern retelling, and no. <laughs> so, I mean, I like though, Sherlock for what it is, but yeah. uh, if I want to watch a Sherlock Holmes story, it'll be Rathbone. Cushing. Cushing. Peter you know what? I'll Cushing. give I'll give I'll give Cushing another shot sometime down the future for you. But please uh, give Peter Cushing another shot. I know how much you love posters. Oh, that's the a great... Adventures of Robin Hood poster is pure art. I'm, I feel like I say this literally every episode. They don't make posters like they used to. Why do they not make posters like they used to? Because people even, people just want garbage. Even that it, the poster for this movie looks kind of like an ancient scroll, like with the colour yeah. scheme. People, it, people used to think about posters. I suppose that was the only way to sell a movie. Oh yeah, you didn't have uh, the... Teasers for teasers, yeah. or the uh... teaser, the teaser for teaser of the Adventures of Robin Hood would simply be a shot of Robin Wright and Will Scarlet as well. Will Scarlet, who by the way is wearing the most boldly red costume I think I've ever seen in the history of the color red. But there is a. I might have gotten confused in this because I haven't seen it for a while, but is Will Scarlet the guy who gets shot on the ladder? Because he was also wearing a very red costume. You basically, sort of like the first half or so of this, you see Robin sort of, um, I don't know, enlist the likes of Little John and Friar Tuck and people we know from Robin Hood. But Will Scarlet's already with him at this point. I love... The, f- the little sort of fight he has with little John on that bridge over the river. It's fantastic. Where they're just using like tree branches just to h- try and hit each other in and then just end up laughing about it because they've both fallen in. And they say, yeah. And this version of little John is not a basically rehash of Baloo from the Jungle Book. That's unfair just because little John from Disney Robin Hood was voiced by the same guy. As Baloo from the Jungle Book doesn't mean... He's basically the same character. 
Well, it's a good job they got the same actor then, isn't it? Because it makes sense. Stop hating on Disney's Robin Hood. Okay? Just please. Anyway. I like Friar Tuck in this, actually, you know. Because he's a bit yeah. of a badass. And you never Yeah, you always think you always think of Friar Tuck as being like this frail old man that needs saving, but this one's just like, no, he can be as badass as Robin and the Merry Men. You never I've never even thought about Friar Tuck as 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 having any sort of competent fighting skills. But he has. It's weird. I like it. Well done. Anyway Good job on Friar Tuck. I was talking about the Sheriff of Nottingham anyway, wasn't I? And the fact well, that yeah, he's, he's useless. Basic, he's a non-character in this movie. He's such, he's such a coward. There's like, there's a good four times throughout this film where there is a shot of the Sheriff of Nottingham and there's there's like a battle. Robin has infiltrated some sort of location again. And the sheriff, and like Prince John is like, sees him and Guy of Gisborne, Basil Rathbone, he's out straight away. Everybody else is out straight away. And then there's just a shot of the Sheriff of Nottingham who's just sort of thinking about unsheathing his sword, but then just doesn't and turns his back. Ugh. Why is the Sheriff of Nottingham such a coward? It made me laugh so hard. I think that's just taking the piss out of, like, the police force, maybe. Oh, I don't know. I don't... Maybe that was the original sort of characterization of the Sheriff of Nottingham. Yeah, I don't possibly, even, yeah. I don't I mean, even know. Robin Hood does come from folklore, so I don't know how accurate it is, but um, I could see that being a like an inspiration for it. I really I really don't know. Anyway, should we talk is about there... should we talk about the romance? Yes. Um you know, as a kid watching it, you're sort of like, Okay, I get it. Robin likes Marion. Can we please get back to the sword fighting? But you know, looking at it now, they have such great chemistry together. They're a really cute couple. And and I buy it. I, I buy it way more than I did as a kid. Yeah, I I I like the fact that um like I we I feel like we often say this as well. People fall in love really quickly in old films. But Yeah, there's um, a lot of insta love. There's there's a bit of that there's a bit of that but in terms of Marion, she's it's weird because I've only ever really gone off what I'm reading up on history and the Disney version. And in the Disney version, Marion is sort of like a previous lover of Robin. They already know each other, but they've not seen each other in years. So when she comes back to Nottingham, and that's all. That's where the romance comes from there. But in this, Marion's like... She reminded me of someone you'd see on Game of Thrones. That's because accurate. she's like Prince John's always like, yes, why, why don't you marry a guy of Gisborne? He, he's in love with you, and she's just sort of like, well, n- no, I don't, I don't really want to do that. Because Prince like, John's feel... kind of a dickhead. <laughs> I feel like there's weirdly in in that in the court of prince john i reckon prince john is that guy who would who acts like he's this sort of god's gift to the world but you know behind yeah. closed doors he'd probably need to use like viagra or something well i don't think there's any need to be so vulgar about it 
but you There's know, children you know, listening. You know what I mean. He's that kind of character. Oh, I do know what you mean. He is very much that kind of character. But yeah, I was really impressed with Marion in this. Just another reason to love Olivia de Havilland. Um, I don't mind the Marion. She's her own little badass. I don't mind Marion in the animated Robin Hood as much. She's but she's she's a very different take on her. She's much more like a, a maternal kind of Marion, whereas this version yeah. of Marion is more of um, I don't want to be ordered around by this snivelly yeah. little Prince John. I want to make my own decisions, and I like Robin Hood, so I want to be with him. Yeah, and ultimately where her change of heart comes, because at the start she's very like, you know, pro-Norman, pro-Prince uh, John and everything like that, but obviously sometime in the film later, uh, a convoy that Guy of Gisborne and Marion and, and the Sheriff of Nottingham actually is on is captured by the Merry Men and Robin takes Marion to where he's sort of holding all the people whose houses have burnt down and, you know, they've got like one ear and one eye and they're missing just everything. They're completely homeless. They're just, they've been ruined by uh, the Norman knights and the taxes and everything like that. And he takes her to to sort of see these people, and she has a really cha- she has a real change of heart after seeing what her people have done to the community, and that is a nice that is a nice way of sort of forcing a change of of heart, or not forcing a change of heart, but um, giving a change of heart to Marion, as opposed to something like the Disney version, where it's just like, oh, Robin, I remember you from years ago, please love me again. See, she's an actual character in this movie, and not just the bland love interest. Yeah, definitely. Um, Which is nice to see. It's nice to see. Although that, that bland love interest might just be a Disney thing from that era. Well, I mean, Disney are prime on bland love interests, really, aren't they? That's what they do. I would, I'm not. I'm not. Most I'm of not the time, si- they're they're getting better at it now. Yeah, I mean, they don't they don't make bland. They don't tend to make stuff as bland anymore. But certainly, a while. Funny ago, enough, uh, go for it. Uh, one of their best love interests that Disney have done, uh, Flynn Rider, was based off Robin Hood. Yeah, see, I haven't watched the Tangled film. Dude, it's so good. Yeah, but I'm not going to watch Tangled, am I? Let's be fair. Guys, get Morgan to watch Tangled, please. If he won't read Percy Jackson, he should at least watch Tangled. Not for this show, but just in general. No, I'm not watching Tangled. Even a little bit. You are missing out, I exclusively watch Disney films from before the quote-unquote renaissance period of Disney. Yes, his favourite one is Song of the South. That's just... There's no need for that, really, is there? There's no need to be bringing up... You can't go around saying that on publishable material. You can't. It's... No, I'm, I'm hurt. I'm very hurt. That's okay. Um, Speaking of racism, um, very progressive 
in some ways is the adventures of robin hood in the sense that it's very sort of oh i don't care who you are you you know you live in england i will protect you from these crooked people in charge and that's refreshing to see in such an old movie yeah definitely there's there's literally you know there's a quote from robin he says like something along the lines of norman saxon i don't care i'm just here to to help those in need anyone regardless of who they are it's nice and that's what makes him such a great hero yeah anyone anyone he's not he doesn't he doesn't pick who he who he helps he just helps whoever is in need robin hood um feared i'm gonna start singing the goddamn little weird (laughs) song in a minute Go for it, please uh, do. No, 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 I won't because I'm, I'm just gonna light this up and wait for you to start singing. You that. can do whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna sing because I, I know if I start singing the Robin Hood song, I'll turn it into a song about Ryan Giggs, and I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that because not only do some people listening to this have no idea who Ryan Giggs even is, which is a shame. I know who he is. He's a I know you. Player. I know you know who he is, but you know we've got to be reasonable here. Uh, we're talking we... about the real version of football for any of our American listeners. <laughs> and uh, yes, yes, there is a a song that United fans sing about Ryan Giggs that is to the tune of the. The Robin Hood, Robin Hood, riding through the Glen song. I think I know what uh, what you're going down for there, man. And it's great. What on earth was I talking about before I started talking about Ryan Giggs? In fact, I'm not going to talk anymore because I've done it again. <laughs> oh God, oh, I'm so God. I'm so ashamed. Don't don't be ashamed. Um, if just because you're feeling that way, I'll bring up what is arguably the most coolest part of this movie. The fight, the final fight between Robin Hood and Guy of Gisborne, is freaking epic. Yeah, it is. It lasts for ages as well. And it's just, I don't know. There's something about where it's set that just gets me so excited because it's like they filmed this on an actual set. It actually looks like a castle. It's choreographed in a way that um, each I, I I may be overthinking this but like each movement feels like something that the character would do you know Guy of Gisborne is like being very defensive very aggressive Robin is being more of the defensive kind of attack but he's also being a little bit yeah he's got flair show-offy to about it he's and got it, flair it's to really Guy of Gisborne's the rigid strategic fighter Robin is the flair type flamboyant fighter who obviously wins. I mean, no Robin Hood film's going to end with Robin losing. I I believe he does die in some of the original stories, and that's the final scene. Where's where's this at? Robin Hood dying? I remember there's a version of Robin Hood which ends with him dying, and he tells his merry men to bury him where his last arrow shoots. Is this the... Brothers Grimm version of, of Robin. I don't know, but I, I can remember hearing it from something. That sounds very sort of old fairy tale. 
That's like Little Red Riding Hood. And they all were eaten by the wolf and died miserably. <laughs> the end. I mean, Robin Hood still won in the story, but he was dying. Because you know, that was kind of a whole point of Robin Hood, is that he wasn't this invincible guy. He did have a vulnerability to him, and he wanted to be remembered by his arrows, which are his most treasured possession, let's be honest. Okay. And so he was buried wherever his last arrow was okay, shot. Okay, I actually kind of like that now. Uh, speaking of arrows, actually, I found this out. Whenever you see someone get shot with an arrow in the chest, they're actually getting shot with an arrow. They're just wearing a hell of a load of padding. Yep, nice good old practical That's effects. madness. That is madness. Like, any of those arrows hit you in the face, you are deceased. They had balls back then. None of these CGI arrows like we saw in the Taron Edgerton Robin Hood. They knew how to make a goddamn film. That's They knew how to just make a fun film. Did, have I even mentioned that it is in glorious, glorious technical? I mean, it's... The, even from a cinematography point of view, it's just so colourful. I I say this a lot as well. Technicolor, no film ever looks better than when it's in Technicolor. Yep. Um, it's a nice little um, counterbalance to the other Robin Hood films which feel the need to make the colour palette all gloomy and depressing. Oh, God, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any... I mean, I haven't seen this horrendous trailer for Taron Edgerton and Robin Hood, uh, which was the reason that you wanted to even talk about this film in the first place. I'm sure Taron Edgerton will play Robin Hood pretty well. That movie just looks like garbage. But, uh, I mean, they really... They go all out with the Technicolor as well. They take advantage of what they've got with Technicolor in this film. Everything is so colourful. And for a film that's, you know, mainly set in a forest, the costume... And it's, it is true movie magic to use. Will Scarlet is very Scarlet. He is. He's definitely very, very Scarlet. Like I say, he's the most... Uh, I'm, I'm literally baffled by just how red... Can red be? What a weird Prince statement. Prince John's like wearing his bling and everything. Prince John, obviously. Prince John would wear a load of bling, bling, jewels. We should say bling. He's not wearing a gold chain with a dollar sign on it. Uh, oh God! If the, if there was a modernized Robin Hood, he'd basically be Ali G. <laughs> oh dear! Oh no! Um. But yeah, Guy of Gisborne wears a load of... Co- and the weird bishop fella. Who's he? I don't exactly remember if he's in the original story, but... Who's the, who's the, who, who is the bishop guy? I don't know who the bishop guy is. To be honest... He wasn't in, to be, he wasn't in the Disney one. He's not. Uh, I think he's just there to be a bishop, basically. They, the Merry Men <laughs> use the bishop, don't they? Because at the end of the film... Prince John is basically mm-hmm. has declared himself king because Richard the Lionheart has not returned home yet. Unbeknownst to him, Richard the Lionheart has returned home and will be attending the coronation. We don't see what they do to him or how they bribe him or how they convince him 
but he calls Prince John out and he's been working with Prince John throughout the entire film. He calls Prince John out and Prince John's saying, don't be ridiculous, I'm the king by blood right. Richard is not here. And then Richard just goes, aha, I am here. And then, and then you know, it, it all just, it doesn't go well for Claude Rains, but... No, not really. And uh, G- Guy of Gisborne gets a nice little defeat as well, although... He does. When he was fighting him on the candles, I was expecting Robin Hood to do something with that. Like, I don't know, maybe put his blade on it and then put it in his face or something. But I don't know, maybe that's just that. Maybe that says more about me as a writer than anything else. Maybe. Speaking of that fight, I would really loved the shot where you could just see the shadows fighting. It's. I, I would have that framed on my wall if I on could. The, on the big, uh, the big sort of circular wall in the middle of a castle room. Beautifully, beautifully shot. Um, really, it all is. It all is really, really well shot. What was another thing I wanted to bring up? I did want to bring up. Um, I don't know. Look. You know uh, Marion's Handmaiden? Ah, uh, yes. Played, played by my... Equal parts, my favourite and absolute least favourite person who I've ever seen in a film ever. The act, the actress's name is Una O'Connor. Every time I watch, because I love watching Bride of Frankenstein, but then she turns up and starts screaming and hooting and shouting. And when I saw her name in the opening credits, I just thought, oh, Jesus Christ, we're not in for this again, surely. Um, but no, she did not shriek or shout or scream or wail or any other horrendous noise that she makes in Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, she's just, a, she's just an ally of Maid Marion. And I like the fact that one of the early on, one of the merry men... He's just like, I'm going to go off with you. Where did that come from? What a weird story point. That this guy, this guy's just like, oh, I've never had a sweetheart in all my life. And she's stood next. Well, you've never had a sweetheart. Because she does talk like that because it's absolutely just the worst voice. It's like visiting your nan. And your nan's too happy. It's not like visiting my nan, because my nanny's a delightful woman. <laughs> I'm sure Una O'Connor was a delightful woman. I just can't get over the sound of her voice. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> but that was a weird story point when, when them two just decided, oh, yeah, we're going to hook up. Mm. What has happened there? Weirdness. It is, but to be honest, I was probably too focused on Robin and Marion to be paying attention to that. Look, I'm sure anybody, anyone who doesn't focus on the on Una O'Connor as an actress as much as I do <laughs> wouldn't have even noticed that. But it just it has stuck with me. Um, unless there's anybody else out there who knows her as the incredibly shrill woman from Bride of Frankenstein, in which case, please tell me that you know her as that so we can have mutual uh, conversations about Una O'Connor. Probably Billy. I like that. I don't know. I don't know if he'd recognise it, though. 
Would he recognise her as the shrill woman from Bride of Frankenstein? Or would he just watch Bride of Frankenstein and, you know, recognise all the good things about it rather than the really aggravating thing? <laughs> I mean, now that we're talking about our friends, uh, obviously we have to cast Raoul as Friar Tuck. Do you know what? I'm not going to cast Raoul as Friar Tuck. He's the oldest cast gonna, member. That fits Raoul. I'm going to cast... I'm going to cast Raoul as the Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> oh my god, we are horrible. Oh. Now, now I'm just imagining the animated Robin Hood Sheriff of Nottingham, but it's <laughs> Raoul. <laughs> oh. God, oh. what have we done? It's not, it's not, it's not funny. Why? You were the one that brings this up, and I'm always the one that comes off the worst. I just said Friar Tuck, because, like, that, that role fits Raoul. Well, exactly, of course it fits him. Because he, oh, he just turned 99 last week. He did, actually. Happy birthday, Raoul. Yeah, one more year and you get a letter Fair from but, the Queen. Raoul was 35 when uh, the Adventures of Robin Hood came was released that's true so, he, he probably auditioned for robin hood as well <laughs> we have to uh we have to pay our homage to our 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 most loved friend um even though it would appear that we absolutely hate him we don't we absolutely adore him we do. Like now there's a now there's a tradition in every one of these episodes shrek gets brought up and raul gets brought up i don't know why raul gets People, there are people listening to this who don't know who Raoul is. Well, if you if you don't, you should know who he is. He runs the Monday show with our friend Troy Loxton, and he's a very delightful guy when he's not going on about Pretty Little Liars. Or Supernatural. <laughs> or any of the various spin-offs that may or may not be. Oh, man. But anyway, um, back to this. Um, I'm going to assume that not a lot of people have seen this movie... So, since this was yeah. your first time watching it, um, sit, let's just say we go back into the Twitter chat, OSP Think Tank, which is where we all hang out, and we want to convince them all to watch The Adventures of Robin Hood. I what would, would you say to, to convince them? people to watch The Adventures of Robin Hood. I would, I would say, you know, you know, The Wizard of Oz. Do you like how it looks? Obviously, the answer would be, yes, yes, I do like how the Wizard of Oz looks. I would then say, uh, you know Robin Hood, right? Yeah, yeah, it's all, oh, yeah, 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 we know Robin Hood, yeah, yeah. Mix the two. That makes a whole lot of sense. Add in there someone as perfectly cast as Errol Flynn, and, you know, the likes of Claude Rains and Basil Rathbone, and Olivia de Havilland rounding out the cast. Uh, you can see why it won three Oscars. And you can see why it's such a revered film still. And I can say this now a uh, hell of a lot better than the Disney version, even though I do like the Disney version a lot. It's just a hell of a lot of a better film and a more entertaining film, in truth. And it also does not have an out-of-place, nowhere Brian Adams song that makes no bloody sense. Well, that was Prince of Thieves. Uh, yes. But it's, 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 oh, my, it oh, God, it's a lot better than Prince of Thieves. have modern music. Prince of Thieves is Ugh. a weird film. 
having Brian Adams' music playing in a period piece is just well, weird. Well, if we're going to bring up Prince of Thieves, I feel like we need to talk about the thing that everybody always talks about with Prince of Thieves, is that Kevin Costner cannot do an English accent. Oh, no, um, he cannot. But Errol Flynn can pull it off pretty well. Errol Flynn can pull it off for an Australian. No, they should have uh, just got Mel Gibson to play in Prince of Thieves. No, they shouldn't. That's a terrible idea. Do you know what? Early 90s Mel Gibson could have done that. Not now Mel Gibson. Not <laughs> Mel Gibson now that we know he's a horrible human. Now Mel Gibson would be like... Not, not even Prince John. He'd... I don't know, he'd just be like some racist old guy that maybe gets hit by an arrow at some point. Probs. Uh, <laughs> but I could I could have seen, actually, early 90s Mel Gibson doing a much better job than Costner. Um, I'll give you that, even though I'm not a big fan of his portrayal of William Wallace. Well, you would know, you know, being Scottish, we should go to the Scotsman for thoughts on Braveheart I mean like it, when Braveheart was coming out everyone was like oh Mel Gibson an Australian guy playing a Scottish guy that's not going to be very convincing and look at him now an alcoholic racist couldn't be more Scottish could he <laughs> couldn't be more Scottish if he wanted to be God, n- now this show has got me stealing old Frankie Boyle jokes oh you can't steal jokes Oh, is that what you've just done? Oh, he's that, stolen a joke. Everybody that's from Frankie him. Boyle. Everybody shame him on Twitter, at NolanDean27. Shame him. Shame him for stealing jokes off other other people that are far more successful comedians. Oh, dear. Anyways, um, I'm very curious to follow up with this. Uh, what have you got for next week, if you've picked something? Uh, does that suggest that you are done talking about the adventures of Robin Hood? There's really not much more I can say other than that it's a great adventure movie. No. It's really fun. Errol Flynn is perfectly cast, and if you want to, if you want to, if you're a film historian and you want to see where kind of the adventure movie sort of started, I'd I'd recommend this. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, it's the story of Robin Hood. Everybody knows the story of Robin Hood, even if they've never actually watched any Robin Hood films. It's not necessarily the deepest film you'll ever see, but it's got a really nice sort of uh, different take on it, where it is, it's very sort of... Um, very. It feels quite, you know, political in a very nice way, which yeah. um, it's is something... That. Yeah, it's something that other Robin Hood films and the Disney version and whatever else don't necessarily go into. Uh, a lot, or the uh, Ridley Scott one where they turned him into Batman oh, for some yeah. reason. Uh, <laughs> oh dear! Um, but you know, it does that, but it doesn't sort of dwell on it, and it doesn't bog you down with it, it because it is one hundred percent all the way through. Just a hell of a fun film to watch and really entertaining. Errol Flynn is perfect. Um, speaking of what I have got for next, speaking of uh, perfect, no. Do you know what? Segways don't work. Segways don't work. We're not very good at them on, on It's a Wonderful. We should get we need we need to get Roth Cornet in here to We're segue. We're not very properly. good at Segways on It's a Wonderful podcast. Roth 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 is probably not that's, listening to this, true. but if she is on the off chance, uh, maybe you can help that's us with true. the segways. 
just can we hire you for segway duty we'll pay you <laughs> we can't really pay you do you know what doesn't matter we'll pay we'll, you with we'll british just, accents we'll just learn off you we'll just learn off your wrath because that's the best thing to do um mm-hmm. what i have picked for next week i actually didn't pick anything until the day of this recording um because i know i know something's recently been added to netflix Hi guys, really sorry for this very, very awkward transition, but uh, as well as the unnecessarily lengthy delays on this episode, it seems that we also have some uh, technical problems in editing the file that um, we obviously record the show on seemed to cut out or seem to cut out the last sort of five or so minutes. Luckily, it only did it right at the end. Uh, So I'm here very awkwardly now. It is just me. Um, Just to say that next week, uh, the film will be Some Like It Hot from 1959 with Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis and Marilyn Monroe. Uh, It's one we're both very much looking forward to, and you'd have heard us say as such if, if, uh, you know, the file would have have played along. But sadly, things just seem to be going wrong at the minute. I really wish they weren't, but sometimes these things do just uh, happen. But ultimately, that is all we really were saying at the end of this episode you can follow me on twitter at the purple dawn with a three instead of the e in the because patrice ever we're not going to forget about that uh follow nolan at nolan dean 27 and follow the show at it's a wonderful one that uh that is it um again very very sorry not only for the delay in this episode but also this weird technical problem that I I don't really know why it has happened, but it has, and sadly, it has to be dealt with, and this is the sort of only way I could possibly think of doing uh, this, or, you know, sorting it out. But, uh, yeah, all all those plugs taken care of, uh until next week guys uh i hope you enjoyed this episode of it's a wonderful one even though it was late and a bit weird in terms of technical i don't i just don't think it can be helped when certain technical problems arise um but i hope you enjoyed it nonetheless and until next week for some like it hot Goodbye.